Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus and that everyday normal rhythms of life. I got three gentlemen on the podcast. Guys, would you go ahead and introduce yourselves? How's it going? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Sam Schmidt, Pastor at Sacred City Moline. Kevin Kenora, Biblical Counselor. All right. We're going to continue our series in the Kingdom of the Cults. Today, we want to talk about Buddhism. Yeah, so Buddhism, um, we, were, we were thinking about it. It's actually the fourth largest religion in the world. Um, so they, they get their roots. They call themselves an ancient religion founded in India. So, you know, population-wise, it makes sense that they'd be the fourth largest in the world. Um, they, they have really a whole bunch of different branches of Buddhism. And it's interesting, while I was doing the research, we talked about this a little bit um, before we started rolling, so Buddhism, even though I don't think they would claim this, they're widely known to be an offshoot of Hinduism. Um, but in Buddhism, they're, they're another um, oneist kind of pantheistic religion. They believe that all things are ultimately one. There's no, you know, where we would say, hey, there's a distinction between the creator and the creature. They would say, hey, there's no difference between those. Um, and so I thought it was interesting. Do you guys know why Buddhism is called Buddhism? Well, I would think it's named after Buddha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was named after this guy. Um, I've, I've ate at a, you know, Chinese restaurant and saw that big fat guy at the entrance. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because that's, that's the quote-unquote Chinese Buddha. Um, the actual Buddha was big on basically starving, like extreme fasting. So here's this guy. Well, he was a big guy? He was not a big guy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he was, he was a skinny little dude. Um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his, his actual name, but... According to, to legend, he was a young prince in northern India who noticed the contrast between the way he was raised and the, the poor kids basically starving on the street outside of his palace. Um, and so he started questioning the meaning of suffering and the purpose and all of this stuff. And so he, he actually abandoned his, his lifestyle, his home, his wife and son to find mentors who were supposed to help him basically dig deep into the aesthetic, the ascetic lifestyle. Mm. So, so again, ascetic ascetic yes. or asceticism mm-hmm. is the belief in one sense that, um, well, suffering is good. Pleasures are bad and it's, it's, and it's meant to limit as much pleasure as possible. Um, and there is some asceticism that is good, obviously. It's good, discipline's good, and it's good to... Uh, so there's some overlap with, with Christian teaching in the sense of suffering and, you know, not basically not drinking to drunkenness, mm-hmm. not eating to gluttonous, mm-hmm. being a, a, a workman, yeah. being an athlete, you know, that being a soldier, things mm-hmm. that the scriptures talk about us, buffeting our flesh or crucifying our flesh. There's going to be some overlap but it's not the same thing at all yeah it's interesting even even some of those overlapping themes so anybody who doesn't know buddhism as an offshoot of hinduism hinduism is big on reincarnation right karma so if you do well in this life you'll be reincarnated as a higher um, level if you want to say it like that a better position in life if you do poorly in this life, you'll be reincarnated as a, as a bug or as a tree or something like that. So hold on. Let, let's put a couple of those things together that yeah. you just talked about. 
I don't remember if on these podcasts we've talked about oneism and twoism yet, mm-hmm. but one, I think its name is Peter Jones, philosopher, theologian Peter Jones, has narrowed down basically all the worldviews, all the religions, and he says Christianity is the only religion that teaches a true twoism, mm-hmm. meaning there's God and there's everything else, right. and those things are separate. They're distinct from one another, Okay. Every other religion teaches some form of oneism. Mm-hmm. Everything is matter. Mm-hmm. Everything is spirit. Everything is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Everything is God. And that's what Buddhism here is teaching. It's a oneist religion, so there is nothing outside of the system that determines right or wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that means there's no distinction even in between, or, you know, like, so there's no distinction between a you know, a worm on the concrete and a human being. Right. You, they would say things like, all life is precious. Mm-hmm. But what they're actually saying is, all life is the same, mm-hmm. right? So not only don't kill your children, but don't step on the worm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's okay to leave your wife and your child and, you know, travel the world. That's what Buddha did. So it's, it's kind of, life is sort of precious up to a point, right? <clears throat> well... Because I get another shot at it, mm. for one, right? And I come back as something worse or something better, and they're, they're, I get reincarnated. I get an right. infinite loop of chances at this thing. And that's Heavily depending worse. on how good you lived your life? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, and so this, is, this is kind of, that's, that's a core tenet of Hinduism. I know we haven't covered that yet, but it's important because the ultimate goal of Buddhism is to reach enlightenment, Right. And so once you've reached enlightenment, the belief is if you die while enlightened, then you break the cycle of reincarnation. So you're, you're quote unquote free from living a million lives, an endless supply of lives and trying again. And, and so Because this world is still bad. Mm-hmm. Can you define enlightenment? What do you mean by that with Buddhism? Mm. That's a good question. It's a higher level. High, basically, you reach a higher spiritual plane. Yeah. It, it, we would, I mean, it's different, but almost like a sinless almost like a sinlessness mm. one with the universe one with all whatever whatever it is consciousness would be part higher of higher consciousness yeah. yeah awareness yeah. yeah stuff like that yeah <clears throat> yeah so when it comes to reincarnation when it comes to um, what's the word that everything comes around goes around uh, karma karma when it comes to karma yeah yeah yep. when it comes to karma i don't think there is a more demonic, mm-hmm. hurtful, mm-hmm. and painful belief than karma. It's works personified. It's worse than that. Can you imagine a, com- a girl coming to you after being raped and you say, well, it was karma. Mm. In a previ- and they would say, in a previous life, you did something to deserve this. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Right. There's nothing more damnable, right? You get cancer, you get sick, you get hurt, whatever. Well, you must have did something in a past life to do. Mm. Now, our stupid society, and we have plenty of modern-day Buddhists, they only talk about karma when something good happens or maybe they stub their toe or, or, or maybe I, you know, I do something mean and then something bad happens to me. Well, the Bible teaches you reap what you sow, right? right? Yeah. But the Bible does not teach karma. Karma, I mean... Karma is just a soul-crushing, demonic lie. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of Christians try to, like, 
mix that because they don't understand the difference? Yeah, probably. Mm. Mm. Because it could be like, you know, a girl's walking at night or jogging at night and you got raped. But, well, you kind of reap what you sold. You kind of shouldn't have been running at night. Well, but at no. the same time, like, I mean, that's very harsh and hurtful. Well, it, so I hate to use this old facts don't care about your feelings type of deal. Um, but biblical wisdom is, is true. Like if you were running in the street and you got hit by a car, I can feel bad for you. I'm really sorry that happened to you, but bro, you were running in the street. Mm -hmm. You got hit by a car. Right. You know, so if you're a live, if you're in, in, if you're in Chicago, if you're in New York, if you're wherever, yeah, running at night, even in Davenport, right? If you're running on the bike path, if you're a woman running on the bike path at night, that's not wise. Right. And obviously, as a pastor, I would never say you deserve it or you earned it or it's your fault. But, and I would grieve with them and weep with them. And but I would also say after you know after some time, if you're going to start running again, you either get a, a running partner. Who's, prob who's bigger than you, or you start carrying a gun, or you start, you know, like, or yeah. just stop running at night, you know, like, yeah. because there's just, it's just biblical wisdom, yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and so in this this kind of march towards what we'd call enlightenment, um, basically, in, in kind of breaking the cycle of quote-unquote karma, they're, they're seeking, enlightenment is like the ultimate balance, right? So to have the perfect balance between compassion and cruelty, good and evil, life and death. Um, they would say, quote unquote, God and the devil. And by that, they mean that, you know, the, the good that you do and the evil that's inside of you. Um, and so, so Buddhism would actually teach that there's no, um, virtue in supreme triumph of, yep one over the other, right? You're, you're looking for... Homeostasis. Homeostasis. With everything. Yeah. Which... 50-50. Um, so imagine Buddhism in the midst of Nazi Germany. Yeah. What would happen to Buddhism? It wouldn't go well. It would get Buddhist. annihilated. Yeah. This is why you don't see, you know, Buddhists doing, uh, I, like... Great things. Yeah. I was going to say, great things, right? Because they're seeking homeostasis. They're seeking mm -hmm. to go with the flow, yeah. right? Not push back darkness, right? Not conquer things for the good and the triumph over evil, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, so it, Buddhism, because it's like a naturalistic religion, we would say, it's, it's pantheism, right? It's, yeah. yeah, it's pantheism. It's a naturalistic religion where we obviously human beings find themselves in a sin sick fallen world mm -hmm. and buddhism just wants to find homeostasis in it mm -hmm. right well i understand why that could bring personal benefit to a person they're not at conflict with themselves they feel like they're not at conflict with nature they feel like you know they're they're just, they feel good about themselves, right? Because they're not causing pain or they're not causing difficulty and they're not, you know, having difficult relationships because they're just keeping homeostasis. But in order to do that, you, you, you have to disbelieve in truth. In one sense, you have to disbelieve in goodness. Mm -hmm. 
Do you understand what I mean? Because if there's a truth, then I have to sometimes say, no, that's not true. And that's going to cause conflict in my life in relationships, right? Or no, that's good and that's evil. We need to pursue the good and we need to reject the evil. That's going to bring conflict, right? Right. And so that's the opposite of creating homeostasis. Mm. Yeah. So in a sense, we're, according to a Buddhist, we'd be very much out of balance because we're pursuing what is good, true, and beautiful instead of trying to balance it with what is bad, false, and, and ugly, really, right. of the world. And so, like, like any cult, like any religion, there's a variety of sects, again, that, that sectarianism that we, we talked about um, on the last podcast. But every, I'd say, quote-unquote, true professing Buddhist holds to the Four Noble Truths, right? And so these were... Apparently, these were the Buddha's teachings on um, the the only truths, you know, the only meaningful truths of the world that you'd have to meditate on and, and quote-unquote, attain in order to reach enlightenment. Um, and so the first of these truths, he called it the truth of suffering. So the first law is that everyone suffers. And I'm not going to try and pronounce the, the word, but... It's a word that uh, translates as suffering, anguish, pain, or unsatisfactoriness. So according to tradition, Buddha said, I have taught one thing and one thing only. Pain, or suffering, and the cessation of pain. Dukkha. Dukkha. Dukkha and the cessation of dukkha. Yes. So, truth, the truth of suffering. The first law is that everyone suffers. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Everyone does suffer, right? Okay. Second law, the cause of suffering. The cause of all suffering is desire. The word tanha conveys the idea of grasping, thirst, longing, craving, desire, or attachment, and is associated with desiring things that cannot satisfy us fully. It is not mere desire, but an unhealthy craving for impermanent things and an incessant thirst for self-gratification. Trying to grasp things that we do not have for ourselves leads to suffering, especially when we do not receive what we desire. Our minds are filled with pain when things do not conform to our expectations. Mm. All right. Thoughts on this? Like anything, biblical principles. Well, to some extent, yeah, yeah there you go. because it's true. So if I have, if I, my, my desire for food, I need food. Mm-hmm. I need food to survive. Mm-hmm. But I also can take that desire to the max. Um, I need fellowship. I need relationship. I need intimacy. Mm-hmm. But if I have a disproportionate desire for that and go looking for it in other places, yeah, I'm going to find myself suffering. But I, I do think one of God's kindnesses to us as people created, uh, just you know, built into our nature is to have a desire for good things that God says is for us. Mm-hmm. And the fact that God put... Uh, trees in the garden full of fruit and he says you can have any of them you're gonna be hungry you can have them go eat them and so god had hardwired desires in us that would find a, a fulfillment but then also to be a shadow to a deeper fulfillment jesus says man can't live on bread alone well that yeah. tells us that we've got to feast on the word of god we got to go to god the bread of life himself mm-hmm. and find our true satisfaction so in that sense my desire for god is a good thing my desire for food will lead me into something deeper that, so I, I would say like, okay, I could see how warped desires would lead to suffering, 
but there are good desires that can be rightly fulfilled in, in according to God's design mm. that are not going to lead to suffering, but rather to delight, to enjoy in the thing, to joy in the things of this earth. Yeah, I would I would 100% agree with what you just said there, Sam. That we God built us homeo religio religios, mm-hmm. which means we have we are religious and we desire God like. Yes to know God and to enjoy him forever or to worship God and to enjoy him forever, right? And so our desire, what I, what I think they get wrong here is all of our earthly longings could be bad desires that are just covering up our ultimate desire, which is for God, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so we, we can have an unlimited desire for God and that not cause us suffering, mm-hmm. right? Right, because at His right hands is pleasure forevermore, yeah. and His presence there is fullness of joy. And so, but when we're talking about, He's talking about they're, they're talking about desiring things that cannot satisfy us fully. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, we would agree with that. So go ahead. Yeah. So then, the third noble truth: the end of suffering. Suffering will cease only when we experience the cessation of that desire. Um, When a person ceases from desire, then he becomes one with all. Deliverance from suffering is attainable not merely by desiring to be free from suffering, but but by embracing the fact that, quote, suffering is. Okay. Oof. This is just... Full of despair. A pathetic truth that they... A so-called truth. Suffering will cease only when we experience the cessation of tana. Um, what is that tana word? Do you know? That's that's that desire, that thirst. Okay. So when a person ceases from desire, then he becomes one with all. So all he has to do, if you're starving, all you have to do is cease desiring food. Mm-hmm. Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. Which is true. You won't suffer for long after that. Well, man. Deliverance from suffering is attainable, not merely (laughs) desiring to be free from suffering, but by embracing the fact suffering is. Mm -hmm. Okay, man. So instead of finding orphans on the street and having a desire to either adopt them or create a program to feed them, what I should really do is teach them that their desire is the problem. And listen... Suffering just is. Mm. This, see now, this is where you can see the beauty of Christianity. And this is why you don't have Buddhists building, um, you know, orphanages and hospitals mm. and all these different things, right? Taking care of the needs of the poor. Because they foundationally believe that just suffering is. Yeah. Suffering is. The problem is your, you desire to be free of suffering. Mm. Christians want to allevi- alleviate as much human suffering as we possibly can in accordance with God's word, knowing we can never fully eliminate it until he, Christ comes back and right. mm-hmm. institutes his kingdom. Yeah. Right? Suffering is... Mm-hmm. It's just, it seems so hopeless. It's like, yeah, you just got to come to grips with it and deal with how things are. There's no hope for the future. It, yeah, the hope is you just... You Die know. in the Ima- over. Imagine the, how that would affect a family. Grandma dies. Hey, kids suffering is she's been reincarnated she might be a gnat flying around the house today you know get over your suffering suffering is your problem is you desire 
to know her. You desire to be with her. Well, she's dead. Mm-hmm. It's the way the world works. Yeah. Thankfully, that's not how Jesus operated. Right. Right. Jesus grieved. Jesus didn't see grief. I mean, that Buddhism would rebuke Jesus, you know, because Jesus wept and Jesus got angry and Jesus had desires, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And so the fourth noble truth is freedom from suffering. Ultimate freedom from suffering is achieved by following Buddha's eightfold path. The Eightfold Path is a series of moral, mental, and wisdom principles we must learn to put into practice. They include, well, I have them, so I have the Eightfold Path if you want me to read through them. Yeah, go ahead. But, so, right view, an accurate understanding of the nature of things, specifically the Four Noble Truths. Right resolve, avoiding thoughts of attachment, hatred, and harmful intent. Right speech, Correct speech, refraining from verbal misdeeds such as lying, divisive speech, harsh, harsh speech, and senseless speech. Right action, refraining from physical misdeeds such as killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct. Right livelihood, avoiding trades that directly or indirectly harm others such as selling slaves, weapons, animals for slaughter, intoxicants, or poisons. Right effort. Abandoning negative states of mind that have already arisen, preventing negative states that have yet to arise, and sustaining positive states that have already arisen. Preventing negative states that, hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're ever depressed, you're out. Yeah, you haven't reached it. Wow. Keep striving. Keep going. Right mindfulness, awareness of body, feelings, thought, and phenomenon. And then right meditation, single-mindedness, fo- focusing attention in order to enter meditational states yep. so when they're meditating is there a reason why they cross their legs because I'm like I'm not that flexible <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know if I can get in on this it's just what Buddha did <laughs> oh but <laughs> um, um, so to be free from suffering mm-hmm. all you have to do is walk on water is basically what they're saying oh, wow. all you have to do is be perfect well, Jesus was perfect and was not free from suffering. Right. Yeah. So this is a lie. Now, here's, mm-hmm. here's the truth. You might know people who are Buddhists. You might, I mean, I'm, all kinds of people dabble in aspects of Buddhism, whether it's transcendental meditation or whatever, different things. And you could get some benefit from some of these things. But you shouldn't dabble in it. You shouldn't mess with it because it is a lie and it's, it leads to another form of slavery. Buddha's, Buddha, on his deathbed, his last words famously were, strive without ceasing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's Buddhism. Strive without ceasing. Now listen, there's a sense to that. I like it. I like that statement. Mm-hmm. Because I'm about that grind. And I want to work hard and I want to get after it. And I want to be better. But here's the deal. I want to, I don't want to waste my life that God's given me. Mm-hmm. I want to do all things for the glory of God. So I don't want to waste time on worthless pursuits, like the, the proverb says. I, I want to focus my attention and get as much done as possible. But in the midst of Christian the Christian grind, our shepherd prepares um, places for us to mm-hmm. rest in green pastures by by still waters. Yeah. He restores our soul. Like he takes care of us, right? 
And we're called to grind and rest, grind and rest. Six days, one, six days, one, grind mm -hmm. and rest, Sabbath, right? And I've said this many times, you know, Buddhas strive without ceasing. It is a call to get on a treadmill mm -hmm. that never turns off. Mm -hmm. And every day it goes up one point of one mile an hour. Yeah. Or one degree of incline. Mm. And eventually, it's go you're going to fall on the treadmill and it's going to shoot you out the back of the treadmill. Right? It's, it's slavery to striving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where Jesus' last words were, it is finished. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's good. The work of self-justification is over. Mm -hmm. The work of trying to prove yourself to the world, to yourself, to God is over. Christ has performed perfectly on our behalf and so I can receive his perfect righteousness and now that I've gotten I've gotten saved I've been born again I've gotten his righteous standard applied to me now I can do the works that God has prepared beforehand for me to do which is what Ephesians tells us mm -hmm. right so now when I'm on that grind I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is comforting me in the midst of things, right? The Holy Spirit is my rest. Mm -hmm. the, the Sabbath is my rest. Jesus is my rest. And sometimes he tells me to take a break. Jesus is a much better master than Buddha. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So Buddhism sucks. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Man. God, I can't even sit properly. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Anything else? What you got, Kevin? You got something else up for us? Yeah, I was just thinking about um, you were talking about about the treadmill of basically the the massive cosmic treadmill, and it's it's interesting that you say that because when you think about where where Buddha started things, in theory, right? In theory, he would say that he was trying to break that cycle of the treadmill, but he actually made a almost a more impossible standard for for his quote unquote his people to follow uh, and then so we, we've talked about <clears throat> essential attributes of a cult right they have the four noble truths and the eightfold path right that's that's functionally their religious text they um, they're following the Buddha as and and Buddha I didn't say this it means enlightened one right or awakened one and so he took that title claimed it probably for himself as the first individual to allegedly achieve this, this enlightenment, this nirvana. And so he takes the place as their chief prophet, as their, as their Messiah. Right. And so I just, I just don't want to lose sight. We've, we've been in some atheism and secularism yeah. where there isn't necessarily a, a clear leader. Yeah. And so we're back at Buddhism where he's this mythical figure. I got a question for you. Are, are Buddhists, Vegetarians? Um, I think most of them are. Let me look real quick. Because um, I just had this thought of, you you know, everything is one, right? So you can't you can't kill animals. I'm gonna, I'm waiting for this answer. Mixed bag. Some are, some aren't. Okay. Um, this guy wants to. Well, you you know, one of the things in there is you don't slaughter animals. That's that's an in, inhumane practice, is what you said. And I'm thinking. They've got one of the largest populations of poor in the world, mm -hmm. and they don't eat cows. Yeah. 
and they have 142 million cows right now. I'm just looked it up. 142 million cows in India, in India, right? And I'm thinking, instead of telling a child suffering is, how about we go out and kill a cow and Get feed them? Get a ribeye. Them? Get a ribeye. Get that child a ribeye from one of the 142 million cows that are yeah. out there. Yeah. Mm. Well, and think beginning of this we said buddha was what he was a prince he was wealthy he had the ability to presumably had some form of wealth that he could have used to build programs to build hospitals or or food whatever whatever you want to say and so it just shows again how much better christianity is right because this guy looked out and said man i have all this money and their children starving in the street i should go become like one of them when when Christ effectively looks out, and, and he does that, but he does that in, in coming down and taking on flesh and living <laughs> among us and sharing in our suffering in order to Sorry. redeem that, in order to send his spirit, in order to stir other Christians' affections to build hospitals, to build adoption and, and yeah. these, these Christian institutions in order to make an actual change and actually redeem and renew the world. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, we'll get into it when we get into Hinduism mm-hmm. because a part of it is India and their caste at that time, the yeah. caste system, mm-hmm. C A S T E. And there were basically different classes of people, mm-hmm. and you could not rise out of that class of people. Yeah. Right. And that system was based on this view that of, Reincarnation, Like, you were reincarnated to be poor. Mm. So you can't break out of that. Right. You, you can never become, the, you know, get to that next, next, the next level. Maybe in the next life, mm-hmm. but not in this one. Right? Just live a better life now, and then maybe, just yeah. maybe you'll be So what if a Buddha says, like, you know, um, maybe they know a little bit of the Bible, and they were, you know, checking it out, and they saw in 1 Corinthians 9 talking about um, Paul saying, I beat myself to... to be submissive. Um, so what do we say to them? They're, maybe they're like, hey, we do the same things. So what do we say to that? I would say that all truth is God's truth. Mm-hmm. And God's revealed word in the scripture is total truth, capital T. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, you know, you do something similar to us doesn't mean that your whole system is true. Right. Mm. And it doesn't mean you're doing it for the same reasons in right. the same way, you know, and getting the same, same outcome. You know, like yeah, yeah. we all sit, you know, we all, you know, eat food, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't mean it's all the same. So I would, I would just, that's, I would say, well, that's, wow, you, you got something kind of right. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, but why don't you, why don't you, Learn capital T truth. Learn mm-hmm. what God in the flesh says. Because, again, Jesus came from, this is a twoism. Jesus came from outside of the system. Jesus yep. came from God himself. He was God. He came from God into our system to teach us what God is like. Yep. Yeah. Right? And to teach us what God has done for mm-hmm. us. So they don't have that kind of revealed yeah. text. They don't have divine revelation yeah. like that. So, All right, well. You got questions on Buddhism? You can text them in, or anything else we've we've sparked your imagination with. 
You can text or you can uh, email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com or sam at sam at sacredcitychurch.com. Hopefully, you learned a few things and maybe we're edified. Um, we're, we love you guys. We're praying for you. God bless. Thank you.